Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. This summit has been created by the people for the people. No more This is everything and anything San Jose Earthquake related. This is Aftershock. Vamos San Jose. Welcome back to the Aftershock. And I gotta start with certain news. Montero watches the podcast. After the game, I'm just yelling at all the players, dapping them up, and then all of a sudden, I'm cheering for Montero, and he goes, Hey, I like your podcast. I've seen it before. And then I was able to record this video that looks so fake. I didn't pay him to say this. Yeah, I see his podcast. Keep going. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! So if you have my number and you're thinking about hitting me, uh, no, you don't. Uh, don't even worry about bother. Don't bother about texting. You're not going to get a reply. Uh, we're not the same anymore. There's levels of this game. It's just not the same. Me and Montero are pretty much best friends at this point. I'm in a different tax bracket. Don't even talk to me anymore. You don't have my number. Montero is my best friend now. We're, he's the number one super fan of the podcast. In all seriousness, though, it's good to be back after 42 games. Man, it seemed like a long time. It really felt like a new season. I was going, I'm like, oh my God, it's just, it feels like a home opener again. I got to see a bunch of friends. It was awesome to be back at home and just see the boys play, especially after a rigid month. Got to give a shout out to Emi Ochoa, who gave me some of the sickest gloves I've ever seen. Have a, has his name on him. Gave me some gloves after the game. Now I got to come for you, JT Marcinkowski. Only one left. Last of the infinity stones on my gauntlet. Emmy's super nice though. Thank you so much, Emmy Ochoa. A shock was Cade Cowell is back in the lineup. He didn't play today. Obviously, I, this is actually what I kind of wanted. If he wasn't going to play games, he has a three-game suspension in case you didn't know. After the game versus Costa Rica when he was on international duty for the U20, U23, I think U20 team, he was waving goodbye to some Costa Ricans in kind of a taunting fashion. One of them pulled his hair and was kind of messing with Nico. He turns around, uppercuts him, gets a three-game suspension. Good to see him back. Really glad they just gave him back to us so we could help. Apparently, he just came back too late in training, didn't have enough of the tactics, so he didn't play. He practiced with Quakes 2 after the game. Quakes 2, they called it a Quakes 2 practice after the game, but it was all the reserves and the subs. They just played, they did a little fitness and then played 7v7 and then went home just so they could have the 4th of July off. But he was back with the squad. Also, congrats to Kate Cal and Nico Chicharis. They won and they were part of the winning squad for the Olympic team. We're going back to the Olympics for the first time in a while, and we've also dominated CONCACAF this year, so congrats, boys. And now, going on to some sad news. People were losing Calvo and Chofis. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like Calvo, but I thought he was doing good for us. Didn't really even get a shine too much for us. Didn't play too many games. Had a great opening, the one game where he had the two headers to come back and get the tie versus Columbus. Chofis is gone. We know we've had a great time with him. We've seen Montero's been a great replacement. Trophy's loan spell has ended and Calvo has a ton of links uh, to Europe and Turkey. It seems like it's going to be the biggest one. This tweet from Fabian Rankle really says it all. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think he just wants to get a better uh, play before the World Cup. Totally understandable. And after the game, I was kind of talking to him and I said, hey, if this is the end, thank you very much, but I hope it's not. He kind of chuckled and gave me like a wink. And then some other fans talked to him and asked if we we're going to see him again. And he's like, probably not. Thank you, Francisco Calvo, for all your time, and thank you, Trophies Lopez, for all your time. If you want to know more about the game-specific highlights, you can check out The Aftershock on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok at AftershockSJ, obviously, this YouTube channel, if you're watching it. If you're listening on Spotify, you can click the link in the description. It has all the socials. But anyways, let's move on to the negatives. Hard to pick out negatives in a win, but also it is the two worst teams statistically in the league. My first one is falling asleep. Man, we got lucky that JT came up with some big one, big 1v1 saves. 
because I feel like they were really breaking through our defense. Shakiri is really finding pockets, especially over the top. And JT just came out big and it could have got bad early. So that's a really big negative. And then conceding at the end, that's silly 92nd, 93rd minute. To, and then they kept getting opportunities after pretty much a whole half and maybe half and another half of the other half of just us dominating possession. And not dominating in the sense that we were great, just dominating in the sense that they didn't really have any chances. So it's really frustrating to see us fall asleep like that. That's something we got to be better at. Can't let that happen. Would have been nice to keep a clean sheet. But you know what? We got the three points. So we can move on. My other negative is shoot the damn ball. I know we got a lot of shots off and obviously we saw the most FIFA goal in the history of ever, but we so many times. And if you just watch the highlights, you're not going to see it. If you actually watch the game, there's so many times we're in the box and we're just passing it. Now, if you're in the box, and you see a good negative ball. I love it. I love it. We were looking for that Espinosa especially, and I love it. He had a better game. We'll get to that later. But there's so many times I feel like Montero or other people would get the ball and they would just keep passing it. And I feel like we were playing possession until we would just dribble it into a small side of the net. Let's just shoot. Gaga wasn't catching very much. A lot of his stuff was just deflections. So, especially if you see that, start ripping shots. Look for the rebounds. That's how we got our goals, really. So, we need to keep moving on and just take some shots. Especially if we're open on top of the box. Don't look for a pass. Look for a shot. Now for the positives. I gotta give it up. Gotta give it up to Espinosa. I've been on him. I still don't think it was a perfect game. I thought it was much better. He played a lot more direct. The offside goal is what I want from him. Not obviously being offside, but running more direct. His crosses looked better today. There were two, th I'm not even gonna say two or three. There were five to seven times where he just crossed it early and it was so frustrating or it was like a mix of a cross and a shot. That's where it goes back to the one-dimensional stuff to me and that's when it gets frustrating. But other than that, the work ethic looked better today. It looks back more to the Christian Espinosa we've known of the past, not as much as before, but it was a little bit better. But And then, yeah, it was a little frustrating with the crosses. But on the positives, since we're on the positives, yeah, crossing in, looking for the negatives, looking for the runs, playing off things, going wide, cutting in, mixing up the attack a little bit more. So it was a better game from Espinosa. I still want more, especially because he's a DP, but I love it. Thank you very much. Benji Kikanovic, man. I told you he should be starting. Look at this. Scores two goals. Really almost scored three. Had great opportunities. He runs at players. He's he's just a presence. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. He goes for it. He, he plays direct. He goes. And the second goal is just phenomenal. Way to place in the bottom corner. Wasn't super sloppy. That's a goal goal. So Benji Kikanovic, that's a huge positive. Has to start next week, in my opinion. I got to give the whole team a positive shout out here. A no Ramady or a no Yudsin lineup. And it's just no defensive mids. And there were no counter attack options for them. I didn't have to worry about being outnumbered. It was well positioned. Now it is a struggling Chicago, so maybe we could afford that. But that also leads to the next point. Young Gregush had a great game, and I feel early on he was finding great spaces, and we just weren't playing him because we were too scared, and that's something we need to work on. Just because there's a little bit of coverage around him doesn't mean we can't play him. Should be able to beat players like that. But Young Gregush was getting good spots. He was looking for good balls, really good connecting plays. And again, I call him the Jordan Henderson. He does a lot of the dirty work that we don't see. And it's not even a fact of oh, he's running around, he's tackling people. No, he just makes those little connecting passes. He's the glue that really holds everything together, can create a lot for us. So young Grey Goose was great in this game. Now, it doesn't happen every game, but this game was great. And the final two points are just, we scored two goals, that feels good, especially because we didn't score the whole month of June. Yikes. And then it felt good to be the dominant team. Again, not like we were possessing and doing all these crazy things, but it really felt all the chances were coming from us and they didn't really have any real opportunities until that goal they scored. So it's really great to be the dominant team for once. It's just a good feeling. Now for the unsung moment of the game. This has to go to JC Marcinowski for me. And 22 minutes in when he makes his first 1v1 save. It's one of the first and the highlights if you go back and watch that. 
For me, that was outstanding because there were multiple that followed and he stopped all of them. But that really could have opened the floodgates early and really churned around the game because I felt around the 30th minute, we really came alive and that's when we started to dominate the game. But the early sections, that's when Chicago was on fire. Please keep watching, <laughs> all three of you. And I just felt like it was really good for us to keep that momentum and keep the game level and keep the momentum going and absorb that pressure and organize the team. So JT Marcinowski gets that for me. Now to the unsung player or hero of the match. For me, this is a tie. This goes between Montero and Grey Goosh. Montero, again, working like a dog. If you show his heat map, it looks like scorched earth. Absolutely on fire. And Grey Goosh, again, the glue that put everything together, especially with no Romedy or no Yutsen having a little bit more defensive responsibilities. It was great to see them running around doing everything, and it was just absolutely great to see from more players. Obviously, JT and Benji stole the show. I think Benji Kikanovic absolutely lit it up, so that was great to see. Now for some fan questions. Starting with Abram10, who asked, who has, the highest who has the highest ceiling out of all the young players? Man, this is tough, and in classic Saz fashion, I'm not going to give you just one simple answer. I'm going to elaborate on everything way too much. The first one for me has to be Emi Ochoa as far as proven because I think it just all the national teams want him and just such a highly rated goalkeeper. That wouldn't be my personal pick. My personal pick is Nico Jakaris. I've just only seen him play a few times, but the way he scans and the way he moves and the way he's doing everything, maybe his size might let him down a little bit, but I don't think that's too big of an issue. Just I see so much raw talent and just ability and smarts for the game, which is like what I really like. Now, if you want to go for American mindset, it could be Cade Cal because he's just so big and he's so strong, he just is so raw, but doesn't really do much as far as the mental side of the game. So need to work on his positioning and his decision making. So that's a tricky, but for me, I'm gonna go with Nico Jakaris for my pick. The GOAT, Michael B. Pastor, who, I, by the way, I met in person, absolutely lovely guy, super cool, came up to me, said, hey, it was the nicest guy in the world. He then asked, with a DP spot open and Calvo likely leaving, which I believe he is, which positions do you think we should target for a chance for? Absolutely great question. This is something I want to talk about. I think we have to go into defenders first, really get a solid center back pairing. And now if we want to develop Agarin, Beeson, and Nothin, I'm totally fine with that. But I think we need to get a bit more competition because I think every other position has competition. Uh, Romadian, Yudsen, we have Grey Goosh, uh, Yule, Montero all fighting for a spot. Now Montero has that more in lock now, especially because Chofis is gone. But then we have Benji, Cade, Buddha, Richmond, who's been playing more Quakes 2 and is probably staying with Quakes 2. But then we have Jabo up top, who's also by himself, but that's fine. Backline needs a bit more competition because it's really set in stone. You have Marcos Lopez, and then you have Paul Marie, and then Tommy Thompson comes on as a sub. And then right now it's just Beeson and Nothin. If someone gets injured, it's looking a little rough. Not too much to pull from. So that would be my major signing. And then maybe, I was going to say attacking mid, but maybe not. I would say maybe a defensive mid. For next season, this is an off-season transfer if we don't think Yudsen and Romady are going to hold up. 